And welcome back to Miami, <laughs> South Florida. Represent mm-hmm. Central Florida. I was Do like, we qualify? You, you are not from South Florida, and we are not based in South. <laughs> We're Florida. close I'm enough. From South Florida. Yeah, so okay, we have listen. a sort of South Florida correspondent <laughs> here. Uh, welcome back to Good Mike Hunting. Mm. Wow, finally we made it back. A Robin Williams career arc series here on We Bought a Mic. My name's Ernest. My name is Hunter, and I never do a podcast without my peer in tablets. <laughs> is that the, your quote of choice? Yeah. There's so many to that choose I, from. That was just kind of the first thing to pop to mind. I know. I um there's there's one that like would be borderline like rude to the source material to steal from that I was thinking you would, where like it's the one <laughs> I'm Drew, by the way. Um, it's the one where Robin is is talking to his son, and he's like, "I'm I'm a middle aged <laughs> blank," and I thought you were gonna switch it to podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I'll keep that in mind. That that's what you would want me to do is to appropriate. No, it's just uh, what I thought you might gay culture with. And podcasters. we have a guest, <laughs> and oh joining us from a penthouse on top of a drag club <laughs> on Miami Beach, South Beach. Welcome, Christine. Welcome back. How's it going? Thanks. It's I. I ate too much. No. <laughs> no. Well, no at least thing. you're satiated and uh, ready to was dive it, in. Was it peasant stew? <laughs> ate too I much peasant wish. stew. <laughs> I really want to try whatever that man was cooking up. That was actually I was late to the podcast day, not because I was making a pot roast, but because I was making a peasant stew, mm. and I forgot the shrimp. Uh, and so, and, yeah. Um, we're excited to have you back. Uh, we had you on for what's probably the most memorable movie from our <laughs> uh, Nick Cage series. Probably the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah, to this day. I'm, I'm glad I changed Drew's life with that one. Think, yeah, like, Vampire's <laughs> Kiss. I'm fundamentally different. We are going to have to try to find a hot yogurt type moment from this. The bar is is so high. Um, we'll try the best. That was an amazing movie. And I didn't go into this movie, The Birdcage, thinking that it was going to have a similar uh, type of stature in the series. And I think it might. I think I'd I'd never seen this movie before, Mm -hmm. much like Mm -hmm. I'd never seen uh, Vampire's Kiss before. Two completely different movies. And it took me a a long, longer time to come around on Vampire's Kiss. I was really thrown off by that one. By how it's like bad. By how (laughs) it's like so good that it like surpasses any kind of like actual adjectives that Mm -hmm. would equate it with like a good movie. This one, not a bad movie at all. No, you incredible. Yeah, you very quickly realize that this is pretty good in every way. It's cool, comparing it's, to Vampire's Kiss, especially, but you're like, okay, so we're getting Mike Nichols directing. It looks mm-hmm. great. Uh, every actor in it rules. That's cool. The script is pretty fucking killer. Um, and Robin Williams has a mustache, which I think he could have kept. 
I yeah. think I think he should have kind of rolled with that for a little We're, bit. We'll get into this, but he looks hot as fuck in this. Yeah, movie. yeah. There's the, a debate. This is the hottest smokes. that Robin Williams the, ever is. The fits are out of control. Yeah. in this fucking Unbelievable. movie, he is so swagged up. He, his drip is like he. Mm. It's the it's the most drip he's ever had. So, Christine, this was a very hotly contested movie when I started uh, reaching out for guests for this series. And let me just say, you are lucky that you got this because people wow. were people were upset that this one was snapped up so quickly. Um, <laughs> really? So tell, yeah. Tell us why. Why do you like it? Um, I grew up with it. I probably saw this movie way too young. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I grew up in South Florida. Like I watched this and I could pinpoint like all those places and all those characters. Um, I know so many people like Agador. It's not funny. Um, so I just, it's like, it's home. And I think it's, um, a lot of people I know haven't seen it. And I think it's one of Robin Williams underrated performances. Like it doesn't get like hook is great. Dead poets, obviously like everything, but this is like amazing. I love it. And the, the whole Michael kid scene, like, come on, some of his best. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is kind of underrated when it comes to I think it's prop properly rated when it comes to film people. Like I see a lot of love for it on Letterboxd and stuff, but in terms of like the Robin Williams canon, he has so many other movies that take up the spotlight away from this and, one. Well, and he's even you know, even though he is still doing it's I'm not talking like awakenings level mm -hmm. like underacting but he is understated in this part meaning he's bringing exactly what he needs to and because this movie to me is like a showcase for nathan lane yes oh yeah just like go yeah. absolutely nuts he's it perfect. is perfect i mean he goes ape shit in this movie he's so fucking funny this is the best so far that we've seen in this series of like quiet performance robin williams because we've seen quiet performance robin williams go bad we've right. seen it really really not work and just be completely flat and in this he is just kind of he's like the perfect like point guard who's just setting up nathan lane in these scenes to just feast on like all of the scenery that's being laid out here and that's not to take anything away from robin williams because he's doing exactly what he needs to exactly what this part calls for so christine are you a, a big robin williams head do you do you uh familiarize yourself with a lot of his movies outside of this one what's kind of your your take on the guy like um i know a good amount i dabble um i know he had a pug so we love that okay um, <laughs> we didn't know that did we shit some of us did um the real ones but um real pugs no real pugs but i know his i know a lot of his stuff like i there are things that like i haven't seen goodwill hunting but i know a lot of his other stuff so I grew up with him. Wow, Old his time. pug's name was Leonard. Ooh, Ooh. your that's, father. That's, that's a good. That's a funny pug name. Was it your? Was it your dad? Is it your dad Robin Williams? Your dad? I, know. I haven't done twenty three. Your grandfather Robin Williams. I might Williams? be. I might be part dog. Um. So okay, this movie, I think, might be one of my favorite movies down the road. I think that I came into it not having seen it. And it didn't jump out to me immediately as like, you know, 10 out of 10. Like there's a couple of things in it that I could nitpick. Yeah. But sure. I think over time, I feel like I'm going to be drawn to this mm, movie. Like there's... this is one of those that I'll, I'll feel like like a like a rewatchable, like I'll be drawn yeah. to put it on and like grow more 
you know, kind of attracted to. That it. was that was one of the key thoughts I had is this be, it passes the like the hang test. Like I can I can hang out watching this movie like a lot. Yeah. Like it's just it, it has such a good feel to it. Um, And as far it, and everything is so fundamentally sound that like, I don't know, you, you feel like you're in really solid hands even when there are like one or two hiccups, mostly with like how the story plays out, I guess you would say. Um, it's just like I could watch this movie like once a week. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It's a vibe. It's, it, it rocks. I mean, it makes sense when you consider like it's a Mike Nichols joint and Elaine May has script credits on it. Like it's just like the legends are coming together. That of course this is going to slap. But there's something kind of it's odd because this movie has like almost a whimsical nature to it. Like it is not really interested in any kind of conflict in any like real serious manner, um, which it we're looking at it from like a 2022 lens is different than looking at it from 1990 mid 1990s, 96, whenever it was came out just because actual gender politics have changed drastically yeah. in that time period. But it um, is kind of ahead of its frame. time in a lot oh, of ways. A thousand percent. 96. It is. It yeah. is and like, like Gene Hackman in this movie who we're going to get to him is fucking wonderful. But like, he's never presented as like this, like villainous figure, like in a way that a lot of other he's, movies, he's more it's, of a dope than anything else. Yeah, exactly. Like he's kind of, he's on like pills. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like zonked out. It's really funny. But for that, it's just like a very classic comedy. And like, yeah, there's like themes and stuff like that, that, you can take away from it. That's, I think one of the things that makes it timeless, but like at the end of the day, it is just a hang. It's just fun. Right. Just hanging out with your friends. Just like, Oh man, I just want to hang out with, with Albert and just see him, just see him out there. Albert, Starina yeah. tonight. Let me, let me lay out the log line really quick uh, before we go any farther, just so we can get it out of the way. I, it's a gay cabaret owner and his drag queen companion agreed to put up a false straight front so that their son can introduce them to his fiance's right wing moralistic parents. So a lot there already. Yeah. Um, and the movie kind of takes its time to reveal it does. the extent it, of all that. It's very, very. I mean, it's it's based on a Poiret uh, like stage play that turned into a movie in France. Mm -hmm. um, oh, OK. Yeah. So it was yeah. already a film. Yeah. And well, it's 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 written like it it has like almost like Shakespearean uh, story structure to it where like it, in the premise of it is irony like you already see the the story and the and the conflict and the you know you you can hear a movie when you hear that one sentence um which is true of like most you know classic stage yeah. plays um it's, i feel like the way this movie plays it though like when we see nathan lane doing the drag show at the beginning that is a perfect setup but by the time it pays off at the end it comes as a surprise mm -hmm. right like it's not it's you are kind of like set up to expect that reveal but it's still played as a shock and it it has to because the characters are shocked mm -hmm. and that's like one of the best parts of the movie is when they react to that moment it, the looks on their faces yeah. when they see him is incredible the the way they reveal information generally is really it, it's smart like you said it's it's well measured uh the first example of that is uh Nathan Lane is suspicious of Robin Williams which well let's call them you know Armand and Albert but Albert is suspicious of Armand uh seeing another person in secret and we don't find out 
who that person is until like the middle of the conversation between uh, oh yeah the, uh, between Armand and this guy yeah like we have we are totally That's in the dark until like like two thirds through the scene which to me is really really good yeah screenwriting. he's like touching his his face that's like great writing him. yeah that like that's genuinely like quality uh it, it's a good little like flourish to throw on top of your script just to like right it adds drama it adds irony it adds everything so bef- i i want to get to van in a second but before we get to that like right away at the top of the movie they do an incredible job at setting up this world the the movie starts like the camera's like zooming into it's, south beach it's kind of like doing like their play on the copa scene yeah. in goodfellas like it's just like what if we're Wait, just gonna have in the club yeah we're just gonna have the scorsese shot of you just walking around in the club with club owner robin so, williams uh christine you grew up in like the the thongs mandatory section of Miami Beach, <laughs> that this drag, takes place. I grew, I grew up in a drag club. Yeah, yeah. close enough. Yeah, drag club where you walk outside and people are so close to naked. Yeah, actually, growing up, there used to be like um, it was not uncommon for there to be like girls in like thongs selling hot dogs. Oh hell yeah! Nice. I'm not even kidding. I remember my mom would be like, ah, but like we would get hot dogs, so. <laughs> But yeah, it's you're not, not gonna like, not get a hot dog. I mean, yeah. So it it feels yeah. lived in, but still, it is like it's like fantastical. Like the the club itself is extremely cool. The living space is like otherworldly. It is some of the coolest set design I've ever seen in my yeah. life. What do we um, think this house is worth? That was it legitimate. is worth it's so like, what much ten million dollar, twenty million dollar house in, here? in today's like, market. Like Zillow would buy it for yeah. like thirty million, <laughs> and then they turn it into like fourteen apartments. Right. Um. It, it's it's remarkable how well designed the set is uh how cool like the outdoor space on the roof and then coming into the uh the most insanely decorated interior of living yeah. space i've ever seen that is like it's it's colorful and it's over the top but it's all in a very like intentional way the first thing i wrote down like watching the movie was uh that the living space and the club spaces are absolutely dope and as it turns out that's the only oscar this whole thing was nominated for mm-hmm. was um uh, production design yeah has that hasn't aged well at all no this movie should have been nominated for best picture nathan lane yeah nathan lane 100%. should have won i mean who who won this year 96 hunter let's go <sighs> off the top i know so 96 is the Braveheart year so, so that's already not great um <laughs> they could put him in supporting academy Awards. oh nathan lane yes of course um yeah it's case space usual suspects uh yeah that was the year of of yeah um i mean i i don't oh actually sorry i got it mixed up because the oscars were in 96 but it was for the 95 movie year this was the english patient year which see boy oh boy god damn is this movie better than the english patient the english patient talk about a movie that's on like what's the opposite of rewatchable and unwatchable movie that's what i think of the english patient um (laughs) Yeah, what's the, oppo- <laughs> what's the opposite of Schindler's List? See, you get it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this, what's sad is like, this is a great movie year. Here are your other nominees for Best Picture. Fargo, mm. okay. Jerry Maguire, which honestly should have won. That was like the oh, other so, front runner. Oh, so then Cuba won. Supporting. Yeah, Cuba won supporting that year. Um, Anthony Minghella, uh won Best Director for The English Patients. Um <laughs> Yeah, it yeah, just no, hasn't aged well that not, this not this great. didn't get nominated. Never. It did. I saw it did win a couple SAG awards. Like it won the ensemble award at the SAG. So at least the you know 
actor mm-hmm. guild was able to recognize absolutely like, the, deserves the strength. The, the ensemble is like outrageously good in this. Like you have, so um, their son is like shockingly getting married to the daughter of a uh, conservative senator. Played, played by Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. His wife is Diane Weist. Uh, incredible fucking power couple. Man. Just absolutely slay. They're both so fucking yeah. funny. Um, th- the kid, their their son is named Val. He's played by Dan Futterman. Aww, <laughs> dude, this <laughs> fucking guy. I want to be. I want to punch his little nose. What's in, uh? What's what your take do. on on Val, Christine? How he did sucks. how did you feel about? <laughs> For for the longest time that you've seen this movie, you felt this way. Um, I mean, when I was little, I didn't get it uh, entirely, but I was like, he kind of sucks, yeah, and he awful. sucks, and I don't. I wrote down in my notes, um, Val doesn't deserve happiness. He he <laughs> fully doesn't. He genuine. Like I was genuinely getting upset during the movie. I was like, they have to make me like him a little bit, or else I'm just gonna want him off my screen. It was and really. He, tough. I was like, this kid sucks. <laughs> He's so, so I, mean. I listened to uh, there's a podcast where they talk about like rom coms, and they literally said in like their description, Val is the villain in like <gasps> all caps. Yes, sir. So, and they're right. They're right. He's the worst. That's that's <laughs> <He's> terrible. <laughs> he genuinely is way more of a villain than like Gene Hackman is. They don't even encounter Gene Hackman until the end of the movie. They're they're dealing with Val being the most irredeemably mean person. Um, so and meanwhile, to, yeah, meanwhile, Armand and Albert are still kind of putting up with all of Val's shit. Oh, and Armand Robin, is very Armand's just like, well, I guess it was hard for him growing up with two dads. It's like, no, you guys seem like you were so loving that he grew up in right. like a very stable household for the most so part. A cup and fucking loaded. Let's rich talk as about hell. Growing up on South Beach. On South, yeah. <laughs> what a, what kind of life do you want, kid? Right. He, and said he, he definitely was creeping doing, on an underage well, uh, woman because he said that him and this girl were sleeping together you. for at least a year. She's 18. Uh oh. They probably knew each other before they were sleeping together. So our Val boy Val was sleeping with a 16 year old. Honey, so you're canceled. Val. They say that she's 19 or she's 19 now. And then they say she was 18. And he was, they're like supposed to be a year apart. Okay. The actor playing Val, that man looks like he's thirty, like straight. (laughs) He definitely does. So, but I I think he's supposed to be like right around her age, like a year. He's twenty. Yeah, no, he's twenty. College. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out whether to blame Dan Futterman or the script. I kind (laughs) of ended up on blaming the script for this because there's there. It's one thing to establish that he is bringing the conflict into the movie. You have Mm. to dislike him somewhat because he's the one coming to the characters that we love and saying, "Hey, be less gay." Um, Which is a real tough pill to swallow, especially in 2022. Yeah, and especially yeah. for fucking Albert. Just everything Albert does, this kid hates. This kid's like, God, just go away, Albert. It's like mm, yeah. how, the amount of L's that Albert takes in this movie <laughs> but is then, so brutal. Th- there's so many things that this movie, there's so many like hurdles that this movie uh, gets over flawlessly. Mm-hmm. And like, first of all, the beginning setup of this relationship flawless like right away within minutes we buy into um remind me the names armand armand and and albert Albert. uh you buy that they've been together and that they love each other and they have a a layered storied relationship together like Mm. that buy-in is perfect then you have to buy into the fact that like uh devil's advocate here that Val is representing 
the majority of the movie going audience at the time, I would say, right? That that South Beach Miami is an outlier well, yeah, where he, when it comes to accepting the lifestyle that we're seeing. No, here. of course, where he he comes down and he's like, hey, like, I love you guys so much. However, you have to tone it down, which is probably. Yeah, you're right. Some viewers were probably thinking that as well. Right. And I, then also and then the third hur hurdle is that it does all these things without ever sacrificing how fun this movie is mm -hmm. like all of that given all of that this is never like a hard drama about like the struggle of this gay couple to be accepted in their son's life i do wonder because so elaine may has final screenplay credits on this thing but this was as you said based on a play and there before elaine may took over this screenplay exchanged hands four times so I wonder if that was like an earlier script thing of we try to add more in here about Val having an emotional moment with uh, Armand about like why he needs them to be this way. And they tried to run it in the script and they just said this fucks up the pace. At the end of the day, we're trying to keep things light. We're trying right. to keep things moving. So let's just make Val suck and we just won't acknowledge <laughs> it because it's better for like the movie as a whole. Almost yeah. almost two decades in between the original French film and this. That's wild. Yeah. 18. The French are ahead of their time. Right. And even the 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 play itself was uh, 73. Mm -hmm. So that's 23 years. So, yeah, I, I can see why they might have struggled to find the perfect way to bring it to American audiences. And it's crazy because, like, yeah, you can see this movie and try to put 96 goggles on and be like, OK, how might have people responded to this type of story? But I think even in, in it's kind of sad to say this, but even in 2022, like you could see why this could still work like a scenario like this could still be applicable mm -hmm. today. Oh, yeah. It, it is kind of sad that, you like... You could very easily, like, A guy like Gene Hackman is, like, running... It's, like, basically fucking Lindsey Graham yeah, or some shit. you could get, like, a, like... You could get some sandpaper and, like, edge down some of, like, the... Uh, some of the themes and things like that that are in Birdcage and put it through like a vanilla machine and spit it out on Netflix tomorrow is like a new mini series starring fucking whoever the hell. Um, and it would suck. It would be awful. Miles Teller as yeah. well. No, My, no, Miles if anything, it sucks. So that he Bye. might be a good vow then. <laughs> yeah. That vow. No, no. It, if anything, we're talking like <sighs> Val is played by that kid. Ty, whatever. Ty Sheridan. Yeah. No, he's. um. Oh, I was picturing like a Jacob Elordi type. Oh, as... Timmy oh, Chalamet. Timmy is... Don't put Timothy. Don't put no. that on Timothy Chalamet. He already sucks. He's a terrible person, but he could play Val. What about like a Jacob Elordi type? Jacob Elordi grows up oh. and uh, he's yes just... <laughs> uh, from Euphoria, a hundred percent. Yeah. So so I yeah, saw. you you're getting at something Drew about how like the bulk of this movie is dedicated to a lot of scenes where it's really tough to not look at Val and be like, "Fuck this guy, get him out of here." And I think that that's yet another hurdle that this movie manages to get over that. It For does so many scenes you you don't like looking at what's happening. Uh, well, it's it's because it, it has the trump card of like you're you know, if you ever want to wonder why are they helping him, it's their fucking son. So like you can't you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how much your kid sucks if you're 
like a good dad the way that Armand is, you're going to help him. Yeah, it's more points in their direction that they're dealing with this shitty kid and that they're they're the ones sacrificing their own livelihood yeah or or even you know level of comfort to go around and and please this fucking kid exactly um and the other like chunk of the movie that we deserve like deserves a lot of credit there's there it's twofold one what you said earlier about like how their relationship works the the core two that's on robin and that's why i'm really glad that we are watching this during the robin series in particular because this is i think some of his best uh tender acting ever Mm -hmm. where he is he is bringing pathos to a relationship and a character and a story um because you you just have to believe he's a good person right and not just a good person he I don't know. He's complicated. He's not perfect. He is. He's vulnerable, but also way more gruff than fucking Albert. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he he's a very complex uh character, and it's played very empathetically because you know it could be going down the wrong path to cast like Robin Williams playing a gay man. The, yeah. Right. For sure. Obviously, there, there's and a you whole, wouldn't do that today, but you there's know. a whole other movie that's just him running the club, right? And th- there's no son, there's no Gene Hackman, nothing. And it's literally just the birdcage, the process of running the birdcage. And I think that Robin would excel in that role and go full Robin wherever he needs to. Yes. But that's not the assignment. No, because but he does in the couple of moments where he is running Which the birdcage. Which are great moments. The, the scene where he's coaching that yeah. the guy... And he's like, Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. <laughs> yeah. Fussy, fussy, yeah. Fussy, he goes fussy. through all that. And then at the end, he's like, but you keep it all inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like what he's doing. It's just him talking it's about his so performance funny. in this movie. I mean, it's kind of like seeing Robin's maturity, like as an actor here is this like is kind of right this is, after Jumanji. Right. Like we are which finding the crazy. point, which Jumanji, though, does have a little bit of quiet acting in there. And the, the quieter moments in yeah. Jumanji are like the things that have aged the best from that movie, in yeah. my opinion, uh, at least as far as his performance goes. And I think that he's kind of finally starting to channel this. And this is going to carry through until we actually get to Goodwill Hunting and gets his Oscar moment of like kind of knowing knowing when to like when to turn the dial and when to keep it down because like his early career is so defined by the good morning Vietnams that I'm going to go out here and manic I'm just going to be, yeah. I'm going to be manic or I'm just going to straight up do my comedy bits like on for the screen. Like good morning Vietnam is just extended clips of his comedy specials that he's just channeling to a character. And then we get Aladdin, which is just, all zany all the time 100% dialed up and so now we're kind of getting to the point where he's he's figuring out kind of where to start and stop figuring out some different speeds to his performances so let's let's dig into robin a little bit more um i want to bring you in here christine because i i want your take on is this the hottest robin I, I know <laughs> I know you're 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 not going on this full journey that that we're going watching all of these Robin movies, but he's a cultural icon and it's not necessarily for his looks. But I think in this movie, he is full hairy sex god mode. He's too bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a bear. He is. Mm-hmm. He is. The linen suits. Mm-hmm. I mean, Come on. He's so 
He's so South Beach. I love <laughs> really? It. You've yes. seen guys like this just like <laughs> soaking up the sun? Oh, yeah. No, he he looks like he belongs. I'm here for it. <laughs> Is this like the best use of chest hair in a movie ever? I would be <laughs> just so curious to see what the Mount Rushmore looks like. I mean, I'm over oh, here man. trying to channel some of it and it's pathetic. <laughs> Like yeah. I, I'm not getting even close to how hairy this man is. It's, oh no, it's... he's. I mean, he's a we, he's a monkey. We talked about it. Like his 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 hands <laughs> are fully covered in hair. It's like he's gluing hair to. Himself. But it looks perfect in something like this, where you're like, I don't know. He's got a tan. Is he Cuban? I don't know what this character is supposed to be. He's like, Jewish. sure, maybe he's just a hairy. He's, he's very crazy. Jewish. Yeah. In this movie. No, but I'm talking about like this about Armand in South no, Beach. Like what, this guy, like he just no. He looks like he fits right yeah, into this man. culture. He, he tans, but yeah, he is he's the he's, D is silent. He's playing a very Jewish character. Um, <laughs> the mustache is is key to me. Uh, I don't know why Robin didn't have it more often. Probably just because like there are only so many parts that require a mustache. However, perfect candidate for this man: big head, uh, no upper lip. Right. Mm-hmm. Grow a mustache, folks. Hey, uh, pro tip. I'm I'm living proof of that right here. So <laughs> just facial hair can cure all all ills. Right. Um, yeah, he he owns the fit zone. They've aged so tremendously well. Oh, dude, so the look of the movie moments. in general, when and a lot of that I want to give to Nichols. It looks great. It mm-hmm. looks pretty phenomenal. That it's shot so, of them at the bus stop with the huge ship yes, behind them. It's so oh. bright and colorful, but not in like a gaudy way. Like, I think it's just because it's on the mind because there's a new Baz Luhrmann movie that's out right now, which Baz Luhrmann knows how to do uh, colorful and bright to the point that it's like nauseating. And there, this movie, just the use of pastels is just so perfect yeah. in this movie the blues the, I, the pinks i the want yellows. to just like live i want to redesign my home to just match this vibe you don't right want here. a giant cross <laughs> on the wall no. here on the no that, no that's what i'm talking about oh, is okay. that that's what i want to do well because i need to get rid of all the dick statues at my house <laughs> um that's the first thing i have to do um, There's but, so many hilarious moments in this movie. Like, like yeah, there are really, really good jokes in the script. But then the second piece of the puzzle I was talking about is that they they clear out the lane for Nathan Lane a lot. Yeah. Um, Mike, because Mike Nichols comes from a comedic background, he's a funny director. Um, he knows that sometimes you don't need to cut if someone's just being really funny. Right. And Nathan Lane does like slapstick, basically. Like he he's so all over the place. Man, him and Robin on set must I have, have been a riot. No, yeah, there's there's a, a key trivia thing about the movie is that Nichols insisted that they get the actual script right once and then he would let them do whatever because Nathan Lane improvises a shitload right. as well. What were you saying, Christine? I don't know. It's already gone. It's already gone. Mike Nichols, are you familiar with any of his other work? Because I was going to talk about that. Obviously, The Graduate. um, But he has a couple other ones. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is huge. Um, I know his name, but I I haven't seen any of the others. I mean, I've seen like bits of The Graduate, but. I remember in college, um, there was a class that showed us carnal knowledge. Y'all ever heard huh. of Carnal? I've knowledge? heard of that. I've that never actually familiar. seen it. Um, it's uh, it's Art Garfunkel and Jack Nicholson. Oh, um, and it's like, how do I describe it? It's kind of like Marriage Story esque, uh-huh. but it's more conversation driven. Okay. It's not like a lot of big set pieces. It's like a lot of 
talking, a lot of arguing um, I know between these two couples. It's hard for us to like kind of put into terms how big Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is whenever that movie came out yeah. in 1966. Catch-22 as well. He uh, was relatively young at the time. This yeah, is his very was. first movie based off of a huge book, and he kind of just knocked it out of the park. It's one of like the best movies of just people talking ever. Um, and, I mean, that's kind of like you make a movie like that as your first movie, and you kind of have... A hall pass to just do whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, and then the graduate career. was the highest grossing movie of the next year. Yeah, like so a, he's yeah. So just he, right off the bat, just came out swinging. Have yeah. y'all heard of this movie? What planet are you from? With Gary Shandling. <laughs> I like <laughs> vaguely remember this. <laughs> Wait, a Gary Shandling movie with Mike Nichols? Yeah, what? Annette Benning, John Goodman, Greg Kinnear, Ben Kingsley. Wait, I think I have. That sounds yeah, it's, really familiar. It's about an Wait, alien. I like vaguely remember oh my this God, movie. I have to, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. The, there's like, like a deep seated wow. memory in the back of my brain. Yo, I want to. Where's it's timeline. on, guys? It's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. It's on Tubi right oh, now. All the best. Good. All the best <laughs> shit is on Tubi. No, I think that like Tubi is low key. They're just like collecting infinity stones of C movies, and mm-hmm. they're just going to one day. I've rule watched the world. this, but I don't remember it. Wild career for Mike Nichols overall. Like he started so strong that like generally it was seen as sort of a, you know, not fully living up to that because how do you live up to two straight, you know, all time bangers as your first right. two movies. Um, but to put Birdcage out like 30 years to the year after your first movie. And yeah, it's like a second peak. And it's this good. Yeah. Like and you could say that like the last like truly. Uh, impactful and like legendary thing he ever did was Angels in America, the you know the AIDS uh, miniseries on HBO, which mm-hmm. was like when it when it dropped, it was the biggest deal on earth. Um, You're not a big closer head, <laughs> you know. I knew you were gonna say some shit about <laughs> Natalie closer. Portman in a pink wig. Um, it's just it's very cool. Um, he he still had a lot of uh, touch in this movie. Like, there's a lot of tact with the way it's directed. Like I said, when when he needs to just like let comedy happen, he does. I have never seen. Um, there are a good amount of shots in this movie of Robin Williams trying not to laugh at Nathan Lane. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I think that it's almost like intentional keeping it in there because they're like, oh, you know, there is that like one actual line that's delivered in like a really tender moment of like, oh, you're laughing at me, and he's like, yeah, you know, you're right, I am laughing at you, and I always will laugh at you because you're the only person to make me laugh. Mm. And it's like a line like that makes sense why they would just keep in those shots in which, yeah, like you said, Nathan Lane is just doing slapstick. <laughs> so then Robin Williams, you see him smirking like he's just the, actually trying to hold it in. The John Wayne joke is oh just dude, just so a good. perfect joke. <laughs> no good. Actually, it's perfect. I just never realized John Wayne walked like that. That's that's genius. So that's perfect. Face. Yeah the the so entire good. the entire sequence of him trying to <laughs> them them both basically trying to figure out how to not act. Uh, quote that, unquote gays that so scene is incredible oh the dolphins uh fourth and 20 in their own yeah 32 him yard line teaching him that's how like to me trying to talk to you guys when you sports. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like unbelievable is that good i don't know <laughs> i don't you know i don't know <laughs> the when he's trying to teach him how to butter toast and he's like and then he like accidentally throws the toast and he's like no 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 you're not that upset you just sometimes you say to yourself albert you pierce the toast. <laughs> <laughs> the brunch scene is so good. That, it's 
Uh, that <laughs> so is funny. such a great scene. Yeah. That is just a perfect scene because it's it's just throwing all these just classic uh jokes at you, but then it's also setting up this kind of plot uh of them trying to be someone they're not mm. and then it's also just letting you in on their relationship and how they treat each other and how they kind of have this rapport this back and forth after being together for what two decades or something like that it's just like all these layers just packed into the simple scene of them sitting at this restaurant it's god it's so perfect it's so good it's so perfect um okay so i want to talk about uh the queen Christine Baranski. Dude, Baranski oh. coming in here in like two scenes and just being horned up for all that chest hair. <laughs> exactly. Just cannot just, cannot resist. This man is just like she knows that he is in a 20-year relationship and gay and that just does not stop Baranski for just going for it. She is just we running it. her fingers <laughs> all the way up and down this man's chest hair. Just fully just raking it up. Yeah, she's pulling like bugs out of there. <laughs> um, she owns. So she plays uh, Val's biological mother, who we, we find out officially that Armand is the biological father. He fucked her uh, twice mm. from 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. <laughs> or a.m. Um, her inclusion into this story is absolutely nutso. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that that would happen in a stage play because you don't have to worry so much about geography and like, where the fuck is this lady? How is she still in the city that they're in? It's 20 years later, blah, blah, blah. Um, just logistics don't matter as much in a stage play. It's just more about like a character walks in and you're like, okay, I yeah. guess we're here now in the movie. It's a little absolutely nuts that like in the middle of all this insanity of like the Senator is on the way down. We are revamping the entire house. Also, uh, Val is like, yeah, no, whatever. Just whatever woman. Yeah, my biological mother, sure. I guess I'll meet her for the first time ever. Well, <laughs> like he sucks, on... so that's why he doesn't care. I know, yeah, exactly. He he, he's no a sociopath. Yeah, he has no empathy for anything. He's a he cold-blooded sociopath. He's like, yeah, no, it, it, if she'll do it, then fine. But if not, you know, whoever the fuck else. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Also, like, so going back to, like, explaining what this universe is, if we're going to, like, hyper-analyze here or pick nits. So... Christine Bransky also like she lives in Miami or at least the greater Miami area. She has her own business um, of well, like, what was it like a plastic surgery type business? Kind of something like that. But she got rich off of uh, Armand's money. She's like, there's a throwaway line in there. Yeah. Just like, oh, well, you should have bought stock in this place whenever you gave me money for it. And Armand's just like, oh, it was a good enough trade to get 20 years of Val out of this. Yeah, so it's like, so, wait, what the fuck? Did he just give her like no, millions of dollars so that he could buy well, his let's, kid from let's, her? Let's throw yes. it to our resident Christine. <laughs> yes. <here>. So <laughs> is that what is that what the gays have to do in Miami? So hey. Christine, tell us tell us about Christine because she is like, what can you infer from the layout of this city of like where she might be? what her place of business is what does she do <laughs> um i don't i've always forgot i thought it was like a fitness thing maybe Listen, that's what it is who knows? yeah I is know it like a tanning studio 
It's probably all in one. It's Miami. Manny I mean, Petties. She's yeah, rich. It's as probably hell. like I, you can go there, get Botox, get tan, and like <laughs> take a Pilates class. Like it's probably all, all in all one. inclusive. Yeah. Also, yeah. did you did you feel like uh, South Florida representation when she was stuck <laughs> at that bridge yes, with the boat okay. passing? <laughs> so that's what I was gonna say. Is like Miami is just if oh, if you've ever I don't go. I never went when I lived like in Palm Beach. Like. Which is where, you know, the senator and his family thought they were going to go vastly different. The Jeb Bush situation. Yeah. (laughs) But Miami's just so big and the traffic always sucks. Like, I spoke with someone recently at work and we both agreed it's worse than any any worst day on I-4. It's always worse down there. Mm. The way, like, 95 splits off into, like, all sorts of crazy lanes. I believe that she could be in the same place, yeah. like the same it, city area as her son and never meet him. Also, because he's crazy. He probably <laughs> never wanted want to. to. <laughs> that, he's a psycho, so he probably just didn't care. Maybe um, it's maybe it's her fault. You know what I mean? He spent his whole life knowing that his mom lives like across a bridge and she's right. just like, eh, I don't really want to. She's like, you. I got this I studio. Go I have a receptionist <laughs> who's reading Nietzsche. <laughs> That's the thing is that like incredible my- throwaway bit that the receptionist of this like yoga studio <laughs> Botox place is just sitting there reading Nietzsche. The, the thing is, is that so there's good. Miami and there's Miami Beach, like South Beach. Right. So she's probably in Miami proper across the bridge. Right. Because yeah. we see her going across it. So, yeah, that's a whole thing where it's like Miami people don't want to go to Miami Beach. And there's like, uh, like, you know, the different islands and everything that aren't really like fully islands. Like it's. It's hectic. So when she's stuck behind that, like, you know, on that bridge, I'm like, that's relatable. It used to, when I lived in South Florida, I would travel 45 minutes. It was just a 45 minute drive to school. But right, at the wrong to time, travel like three miles. <laughs> yeah. But at the wrong time, it used to take me two hours to Oof. get like back and forth. So I believe all that. Like, that wasn't that hard for yeah. me because. You know, I was like, oh, I've lived it. Well, and because of that, it's it's cool that he really did get a shot of Christine Baranski at the very front of a long line of cars at a drawbridge. (laughs) Yeah. A helicopter shot. That's cool as hell. The aerial (laughs) Miami-ness of it all made me think of Dexter because that show had so many random ass helicopter shots of traffic. Right. Um. As someone, I, I see myself as a bit of a Miami expert because I'm currently watching season two of Jersey Shore. Oh, good. Mm. Oh, yeah. You've also that's seen a so lot of that's burn the notice. wrong shore, but that's they close do in enough. fact go to Miami for season two. Yeah. You fucking buffoon. Oh. Uh, you, Real fans uh, know. Did they? Did yeah, they Ernie, edit it? that out. You're you're gonna embarrass my guy. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have that here. Mm-hmm. I love that they did shoot it there because they easily could have just shot it in California and just been like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, yeah, this fine. movie is, is like when Dexter goes to Tallahassee and they're like, look, it's Tallahassee. <laughs> don't mind the palm trees everywhere. <laughs> You're like, I don't know if that's I don't know. If that's quite North Florida. Yeah, right. But that's, all right. <laughs> um, all right, guys. It's about time to talk about Hank Azaria. Oh, yes. it was coming. <laughs> OK, the, the problem with uh, what's his character's name? Agador. Well, not in the. No, Agador. <laughs> the problem Agador. with Agador. So Hank is area. Agador Spartacus. Agador Spartacus. In reality, what you would call like not uh, of Latin descent. Right. I well, wrote. I I looked it up and it's like you can you can stretch it enough that like. <laughs> 
I because I was offended, like as a Colombian man, when I saw him on screen, I was like, I do not approve. You're of like this, this man is at white. All. But then, <laughs> then I googled it, and like apparently Hank Azaria's parents are from some type of Mediterranean descent, some kind of like Spanish tangential locale. Hey. Greek uh, adjacent his, uh, Italian. That, that ain't his, what he's His playing. grandparents moved from Germany to Argentina <laughs> in the 40s. <laughs> and that's all we know. And you're not going to ask anything else no, about shouldn't. it. So Hank Azaria, obviously uh, of Simpsons fame, he voices like half the characters on The Simpsons. Uh, had to recently stop voicing Apu uh, yeah. because he is Hank Azaria. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, he... Got the SAG nomination for, I think, supporting actor for this because he is like acting his little butt off, obviously. Yeah. Well, he it's... didn't originally want to do it because he was like he wasn't like Hispanic. Like, I guess really? they basically. um Yeah, I was listening to some trivia about it. And basically he was adamant about not wanting to do it because of that. And I think I don't know who it was that convinced him, but they turned around and they're like, OK, but what about a poo? And he was just like, ah, well, uh, he well, was doing the voice. Yeah, so. he was like, well, I'll never stop They're doing like, that. Ah. That's for sure. So <laughs> He's like, ah, the Islamic people won't mind that one. That's fine. That, so. That's really funny. So he originally didn't want to do it, but, you know, it was the 90s. But that money. makes it better. <laughs> you know. This is, I mean, oh. would you would you do racism to work with Mike Nichols? Sure. <laughs> and Robin Williams and Nathan Lane? Sure. Sure. It has it obviously it is, this it hasn't aged well. It's like one of those things that I uh, kind of are is a huge nitpick for me from It's this just movie, well it's but. one of the other things just because uh Robin Williams is playing his part so tenderly. Yeah. Then then you get Hank just which like it makes sense for the character because the character is like a wannabe drag queen who's like way over the top. So it's right. not like it's not as like he's just pulling it out of nowhere. Right. Um but the you know the S's are <laughs> Well, a very certain way. Hank Azaria is a he's a named actor, right? Like, I, I feel like it's a yeah, lot back tougher. then. He was like getting himself a little career going. Yeah, it's it's sure. a lot tougher to put someone in that role that doesn't have any type of yeah, uh, which, resume. A, a gay Latino in yeah. the 90s. It's well, all, I mean, those, again, those it, people are out there. Those people are working. Those people I know, are trying to just, get jobs. But but, but if you're right. getting a movie greenlit and you need like a f- like sixth biggest actor to exactly. be in your movie, you you know. What I did That's, like is that when we see the opening number with the drag queens there's a lot of like legit drag. Oh, that's a drag that show number. we're watching. Yeah. That's like an, that's just a drag so show it's like straight the, up. The movie kind of gets a pass that it like it's able to do that, mm-hmm. but then it has to compromise to put Hank Azaria in that role. That's what I mean about like the 2022 lens that you're going to put on a movie like this whenever you are watching it. And I mean, that's not even in anything derogatory or any, I don't mean that in a, like anything negative way like things there's been great progress if we were making this movie now then this would be more inclusive and have actual lgbtq people in this in these roles in every role but in 1996 that wasn't a thing these actors were around uh but they weren't for the most part openly uh showcasing who they truly were because 
they couldn't really get these parts. And if they could, like, then you had to risk that, oh, I'm just going to be pigeonholed as I'm always going to be the gay actor. Right. And so it's it's kind of it's difficult situation to walk. Um uh, wait, Hank let me ask- is fun for what he's doing in this role. Like he does have some good laughs if you can kind of uh put on the blinders that it's a white dude uh doing the way Guatemala he the way he bows when he presents food <laughs> yeah that was, that's him, really funny him, man can, how he just refuses to wear shoes <laughs> let me uh let oh, me ask just... you christine about about hank azaria because i'm curious like you said you saw this movie very young and you're talking about how like when you were young you didn't pick up on on all these things did you ever find yourself like in in a particular rewatch kind of like being enlightened to like some of these nuances of some of the, I guess, like, quote unquote, controversial casting happening here. Um, when I got a little older, then I was like, oh, I mean, that's not going to age so well. Um, right. But I love his character so much. Like, <laughs> I kind of do like put the blinders on. I'm, I'm not saying it's OK, um, but I it doesn't ruin like the movie. I feel like he played it well, and I know people who are very much like his character. That's so the like thing. He, yeah. enough, he didn't mean he didn't mean it with any like malicious intent or like to be offensive. Like he mm-hmm. tried to become him. Obviously, now like you know, it would be someone else playing it. Like it would be a gay Latino man. Um, mm-hmm. Which I mean, in that case, like who would who would you guys cast as him? In the movie that we were making with Timothy, what's his face? Futterman. As Val. He is Val. Timothy Chalamet is Val. Julio um, Torres. Julio Torres would be perfect. It, the thing is, is that it's tough because, like, I think that now we're, we're so past the curve that now it's like it would be regressive. It would seem regressive to put a gay man in a role that's so overtly feminine kind of kind of like it's uh, well i mean i don't know because there i mean that's not like saying that you can't make a movie like this anymore like what was the the movie that just came out on hulu fairly recently Um, fire island fire island yeah like what if you i mean it wouldn't be you'd make this person of Asian dis- descent instead of, of uh, Guatemalan or Hispanic descent. But what about like Bowen Yang in this? Bowen Yang would fucking like eat up in something like this. And maybe it's not and you're he'd be tweaking going his as character th- this but, big. Yeah. But like if you had somebody like that, who's able to do broad comedy, like big comedy in a great way, I think that like Bowen would kill something like that or an actor like that. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, it's it's not like a winnable situation. And overall, this movie comes down very much on the right side of things because the heroes are, are gay. Uh, our dads are gay characters. Yeah. Um, and uh speaking toward the opposition the the lampooning of conservatism aged really well dude i want to talk well. about gene hackman oh, we have oh to talk God. gene hackman's yeah. so fucking good in this movie yeah. like i just saw uh, him. on the ladder i talked to the <laughs> so <laughs> he's hilarious again, like this was also my first time watching this movie or i think that i whenever i was watching it certain scenes looked familiar that i feel like i watched this maybe like in my theater days when I was younger and it just like <laughs> I didn't fully process it. Um, shocker, this movie would be big in the theater scene. Um, <laughs> but I whenever you see Gene Hackman appear, I kind of was just like, oh, look at Gene Hackman getting a paycheck to just be like conservative, grumbly guy. 
And I wasn't really expecting him to have as much fun and to own this role. But the very first scene that you uh, see him in, it's uh, cutting to like the senator's house and we get like a lot of information thrown at us. The first thing that we see is him on a Fox News type show where him and another conservative Republican are just screaming over top (laughs) of each other. And he looks over at Diane Weiss and he says, this is the smartest show on television. (laughs) Just great laugh there. And then we find out that uh, his uh, his cohort, the president, he's the vice president of the Coalition of Moral Order. Incredible name. And his president uh, died in the bed of a <laughs> of a black underage prostitute. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Oh and it just God America. bless America. <laughs> yeah. And. So generally, like in broad strokes, uh, conservatism is being painted as this like morally empty, like image obsessed, um, basically fallacy. Coalition of moral order. Yeah, like that's just a joke in itself. Also, they keep harping on the fact like, oh, of course, it had to be a black prostitute, too. Mm -hmm. And just brush her back that she's underage, that she's a minor because that's or that she's dead. Yeah. Or that like it's all just kind of like. Again, poking fun at the whole yeah because he doesn't act, care like, about that. that he that cares about matter. how bad it makes him look. Yeah. Right, it's which is yeah that's the general poke that they're going for, um, and it works really well. It's aged well. Even the specific names they're referencing aged really well because there's a lot of the Jeb Bush uh, mentioned and people <laughs> like Clinton in there. Yeah, Clinton and uh, Bob Dole is mentioned yeah. a lot. Who's like eternally funny. <laughs> well, there, there's a there's kind of like a perfect. Um, I guess I, I want to credit Elaine May with this, but maybe this is in the original film, but there's kind of like this razor sharp streamlining of how this plot is delivered as we get into the second half of the movie where um, you you mentioned this setup of like how he wants to be perceived, how he wants the scandal to go over. But then it's like they want the wedding to be a solution yeah to the scandal yeah, exactly and a they're big, running directly wedding. <laughs> into another scandal yeah with the birdcage so yeah so basically it's, it's like so genius so what i yeah what i said earlier about like irony being in the premise that that is used as a tool to like height to double triple quadruple the irony like right. the entire this it's almost like like most episodes of South Park where like the plot is the joke. Like what's happening yes. is and the there's funny not part. a lot of other subplots going on. Yeah. Like it's just this. Yeah. They're not there's not any baggage on this movie. They're not you're not cutting to like uh oh what is the bartender at the birdcage doing and their no. struggles. Like the, the only it's just this. Yeah, because uh everything we're seeing even the uh, subplots are related to it being the the reporters who are tailing them from their hometown down to South beach. Um, So it, yeah, it all, it all makes pretty perfect sense. Um, And it, I don't know, it, it makes things funnier. It also makes it so when things come to a head, even though it's played very comedically, um, the tension is still really, really strong because like the entire story has been coalescing to one point. And that point is this di- meeting at dinner yes. where we like everything has to go wrong. Like there's so many the, these uh, Val and what's what's the daughter's name? Barb. Barbie. Don't call her Barbie. Val and yeah, Barb Barbie. are so stupid. 
Like they they told <laughs> they said that they have a different last name. Like how long are you going to be able to keep that up? Well, for? because he's also like because he's an, Jewish an too. Of course, <laughs> he also hates. Yeah, Jews. of course. He, in fact, like, the worst person. Yeah, in fact, he <laughs> seems to hate right Jews more than anything. Family. Yeah, I. <laughs> You know, it is a thing of like we're gonna get to the like what you do in uh in the categories and everything else, but like, dear God, it's so much worse on this family that Val is marrying into than it is on the family that he's trying to hide. Yeah. Like you run you dead sprint far away when you find out <laughs> that you're marrying into like a Jeb Bush type. Like, get the fuck out of there. That's what Val is like conservative. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, oh. like he he's in a fucking he's just frat. a piece of like, shit. How like, did you turn like, out this he's way? Terrible. Oh, I hate As him. you're removing the seventeenth thing off the wall of your father's uh, hey, apartment, your, hey, your father's like hey, gorgeous apartment. Guys, don't add, just subtract. <laughs> I, that line like, pisses me off so much. Like, it just makes so me want to break my laptop. It's just I'm like so mad. How do you not stop and think about what you're doing mm-hmm. and what you're making your father do? Yeah, he's he's so irredeemably a piece of shit. Um, and it's it, the only a bit of redemption that we get before like the final reveal is during this dinner sequence, him and Robin are both very similarly handling how big of a disaster it is. They both keep sneaking back and just binge drinking. Jameson. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's very, it's very cute to watch them and just be like, I know it's, it's, it's bad. Okay. This is all bad. It's a bonding. (laughs) I will say, uh, cause we blamed most, we, I feel like we kind of came down on most of the problem being in the script, not in Dan Futterman's performance, but, uh, I don't like the fucking guy. Uh, his, his (laughs) acting when, uh, his biological mom who he talks to for the first time in 20 years on the phone is <laughs> nice not, to meet you. not what i would call great um it's hi uh yes this is val i'll see you tonight mother <laughs> like it's it is not great not is ideal he psychotic. He is, yeah. character's gonna murder someone yeah. <laughs> like, we need you to play this like you are going to strangle barb tonight like you're gonna the scandal you there will be another scandal it's not being captured in this movie so let's let's talk about this dinner a little bit more because this is kind of like what the whole movie is. Yeah, this is, is leading to this uh, is like kind of perfection. Like it's yeah. the whole movie is leading up to this dinner. It's such like a classic setup down to the point of like the um, as soon as Nathan Lane walks in dressed up as the mother figure, it's like, oh, my God, this is like it's. It's kind of like a twist on what we saw in something like um, Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah, it goes it's just, full Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, it's that whole thing of like we want to see the, we can see where the scenes are going, and we know that the disaster is coming, but still, like you can't t- look away from the car crash. That's like you that's, just want to watch this whole thing unfold. That's what I was saying earlier about the reactions. The and the camera gets so close yeah. on Robin, mm-hmm. his reaction to his seeing eyes. Nathan Lane. Yeah, like holy shit, that is a perfect perfect moment because like when you see Nathan Lane um in full drag, it's like I screamed. I just fully like gasped loud as fuck. And to have my reaction pair with the shot of Armand reacting is like, oh, yeah, just oh, and chef's it, kiss. Another reason it, it it works really well is because at that point um, where we know enough about Gene Hackman and Diane Weiss characters that we know that they're fucking weirdos. 
And so they're not immediately going to be like, that's a guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, because. Yeah, because you almost think like, are they going to go along with it? Is this like a some some like it hot no, scenario? It, exactly. Yeah. It almost is with Gene. Gene is Dude, vibing Gene so is hard. Up for Albert. Well, Gene is just like low key, like just like she's so much more sensitive and kind than you'll ever be, Diane yeah. Weiss. Well, it's 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 so well established because during the dinner scene before she comes out. Gene Hackman is just like really incoherently rambling about every state. You know, he's dude, just like, no, yeah, him talking about the foliage. <laughs> dude, the foliage, he's just like, well, then we used to always go down to yeah, Virginia. Because he uh, doesn't actually have change. characteristics. He just is <laughs> yeah. like talking points. Just he already, like, he already said all the slurs that he, he was he's like, say but yeah, we, we think the foliage in Ohio is underrated because that's literally something he would say on the campaign trail in, in a key state of Ohio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, so we we're like, wow, this dude is actually like Loki really out of it. And then Diane Weist is is playing like the over empathetic mother who so badly wants things to be going right that she's willing to overlook anything going wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, she, you know, she comes in and she's like, wow, is that Nancy Drew on the? Oh, cool. Wow. You know, like she. She wants That's a big crucifix, yeah, she, a nice Christian home. She so badly wants to believe that things are going to go right at this. And she is the whole time. Like, that's her role in Gene Hackman's life is to be like, you know, honey, I think we'll be fine. Even when his life is like imploding around him. So by the time that Nathan Lane comes out, um, it, it makes sense the way that they react. It makes sense that we're going to have a whole <laughs> night of them full, like buying into Whoa. this insanity. Right. So what's your take on this this whole kind of uh, dinner sequence, Christine? Did you have any standout moments? The um, the boys playing leapfrog on the on the plates. <laughs> the plates. That's just always my Dude. favorite. And then they just have to put the soup in as fast as they can. Like, there's a there's a girl in there. There's yes. <laughs> you don't have a girl in yours. Oh, you don't have a girl in yours. It's so funny. Oh no, that's a girl. Oh, I uh, that's no girl. Yeah. yeah. Um. That also leads up to one of to I think my favorite line, uh, my favorite Robin line of the entire movie, which is once they are putting the soup on there and there's an egg, uh, and the the oh. what is it called? Uh, the the peasant soup. Peasant soup. Um, there's an egg in the peasant soup, and uh, they're like, oh yeah, and Guatemalans uh, they revere the chicken. Uh, a woman is said to be worth her weight in hens, and a man's wealth is measured by the size of his cock. <laughs> yeah. Right before that, he's like, that that is actually a huevo. Yeah. <laughs> a huevo. Yeah. So, so there's there's great script stuff happening the whole time because to juggle all this and have us believe that like. This this group is like Loki, like sort of reaches a point of like having a solid time. Like the show tune that they all sing together is like right. it's really nice. That was like I don't know. That was like almost my favorite moment of the movie because you know that things are going to fall apart very shortly afterward. But in this yeah. one nice moment, like everyone is on the same page. Even Hank Azaria gets to like bust in, yeah, we and, and belt out good, uh, good camera movement during that scene too. The cameras, kind cameras, of just cameras going around. all over the place yeah. during this whole dinner thing. Yeah, this whole sequence, it is um, just kind of like every every manic. time th there's a shot of every time Robin pours soup into someone's bowl and walks to another person, the camera. Gets, yes. it's, it's, he's, it's skipping. Mirroring he's going him. every other person too so that he does two loops around and there's the no table. cuts it's yeah. just yeah. following him around the it's table. really cool really and it, it's well just done. it feels so analog because you can like literally see someone taking steps behind the camera 
yeah in in a really nice way even though it's not shaky cam like it's super smooth but you if you look close you can see like the, the yeah. you know whoop, two whoop, steps this whoop. way <laughs> it, it looks so nice though um and then obviously things have to deteriorate i do before we get to the deterioration just a couple of moments again because the bonding between albert and um what's his name the senator gene hackman's Crip- character Kripke? is it Kripke? No. Crip keep? I don't. I don't think Crip that's it. Keep. I don't think that's it. Um, West Side Story. Krupke. <laughs> Krupke. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Officer Krupke. Um, Long movie. Keely. Yeah. There we go. Keely. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, <laughs> I uh, no. So their bonding is so good. It leads to like some incredible back and forth between the two yeah. to the point where like you think Gene Hackman's going to be the one to catch on right. to all th- this thing when they're just talking about homosexuality in the country and Albert's just like oh you know Alexander the Great was yeah uh, <laughs> yeah talking about gay. gays in the military um, am I right the, um, the funniest one though is uh, whenever they're talking about he's just like look I know there's some tension here and it's because uh, you know the president of the coalition moral authority that he he died with a prostitute. And Albert says, uh, like, I don't believe a word of it. I think he was framed. Like, and Hackman just says, just exactly like his eyes said. get so big. Yeah. He's like, that's exactly what Rush Limbaugh said. Like, so sweet and tender. Yeah, yeah Nathan. Yeah, Albert, so good. Albert spitting out the most deranged viewpoints for like a few minutes is so qual- like, like him, him being going, like, no, I think they should kill the mothers who are trying to have an abortion. <laughs> Throw incredible. the baby out with the bathroom. <laughs> That's incredible. Like it's, not too, it's not too. Uh, it's pretty relevant these days. You know? Yeah, yeah right. no fucking like, kidding. Jesus, exactly. You know? That's that's the point that I was getting at earlier. That like it's so sad that there's so many things about this movie that don't yeah. feel dated. Yeah, I know. Because Hagman's like, oh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I might I might take that up with my uh, with my platform with it's, Mitch. Yeah, it's a unique <laughs> viewpoint. <laughs> Yeah, when he said that, I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, this is like, this is really uh, normal. Yeah, okay. This is real life, huh? Yeah. Like, wow, I thought this movie aged uh, like, mm, I guess it didn't. Mm-hmm. Ah, not quite. That's, that's something that I love about this movie, that it has it has this ability to be this kind of wacky fun and then also find these moments to really poke. Right. To poke for real and and in specific parts that maybe it in a way was calling it shot knowing that these were things that were i guess hot button at the time but like would always be hot button yeah like i wonder we're still dealing i wonder with what they talk about in the original stage play like 20s yeah right. years the 70s because i mean they're definitely in france like, <laughs> yeah. like you know yeah, what, are the, what are those issues that's pre like aids epidemic and kind of things like that that by the mid 90s like we're fully in it of people kind of homosexuality is just becoming a thing that's really, really at the forefront in society. I didn't realize, did you guys know that Nathan Lane did not actually come out as like come out publicly as being gay until 1999. Yeah, man. Until after this movie was made. This poor fucking. So guy. that's something I was, gonna which bring is kind up. of, I mean, that's a whole other thing that I mentioned before about just like, you can't, you couldn't get these roles if you were gay or you were pigeonholed into these type of roles. If you, came out publicly as gay that you're kind of you were just stuck in this time period it's kind of like the stone ages right even if some things haven't changed as much as we might like them to it it is it it's timely in a way that i don't think that they even could have anticipated at the time because i was gonna ask like i don't know 
I guess we'd we'd have to like tap more um uh qualified people in in like lgbt like media circles but like i feel like nathan lane is kind of like he's kind of like a a, a staple lgbt kind of star well, even, right? well more so than that he's a theater icon yeah he's like a new york broadway all-time guy like yeah he, but is he for is decades. he perceived as like i don't know like a like a like, billy eichner or like um any type of like these kind of totemic gay media bastions in Hollywood. Not, well, I guess he's not even Hollywood. Probably right? not he's as more. Broadway. I mean, it is, it is more broad. He's been nominated for I think yeah. it's six. Yeah, six Tonys. Like he's just been around. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't forever. have so many like starring film and TV roles to to amass that type of uh like icon status like i mean he's most well known among young people for just being timon mm-hmm. um, yeah <laughs> but uh, shout out to the producers which he is incredible in that movie is a perfect movie. yeah the but best movie about kind of similar energy but wa- like watching this movie more than anything i was like watching it i was like even if i hadn't have known that he was a theater guy i'd be like oh this is a theater actor because the amount of body control and vocal control that he has in every second of the fucking movie He's a star. is like it's not so and it's, yeah it's the only, you only would get that like fine tuning for decades in like you know the the most competitive situations you can get into that's that's one of the things that maybe has aged the worst about the the awards um or lack of awards that this movie got the fact that, that Azaria got nominated yeah. and he didn't well no 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 they they both got nominated for supporting at the sags they both they both lost to cuba because this was like the cuba year where cuba won fucking everything cuba sweet he's just perfect Um, he's just so so perfect in this role but yeah um could you like have kicked out like i don't know fucking whoever the fifth person is and best supporting actor at the oscars this year to yes at least give him a nomination absolutely um, the English patient. I did want to shout out another moment from that dinner scene. How about them dolphins? How about them dolphins? <laughs> that just That's, made me laugh. That was yeah. Great. I uh, one other thing before uh, Baranski comes opening up the door. I love how like <laughs> there's an alternate timeline where Baranski never comes in and they go home for the night. Yeah, and the, then, the um, note that the vow and, leaves and. Uh, which I want to talk about the whole reporters because that's a whole other side of this movie that we haven't even talked about before or talked about yet. But um, where Hackman and uh, Weist go home that night and then they end up getting a divorce because he's just like so in love with Albert <laughs> and everything. And he gets so passionate. He's just like Armand. He's just this. I've seen this kind of pretentious European before. I mean, she's a beautiful woman from a small town and he's mm-hmm. taking advantage of her. Look at the disdain that he has on his face every time that she speaks. He doesn't That's even let nice. her run the house. <laughs> Good. Dude, Hackman is incredible in this movie. Like, it's I did not. This is kind of a lull of Hackman's career. Like he really brings it back with the Royal Tenenbaums as like the best late stage, late career. <laughs> well, this Hackman. was around that same time, um, right? Or, this is a few no, years. This is before. Yeah, this is a few um, years before that. Was, was Tenenbaums like oh one? Yeah, something? it's like oh one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. five years before that. Um, I really like the scene where uh Albert's wig comes off, mm-hmm. and he's like, Everyone "It's still rushes. me." <laughs> 
everything I said, yeah, he comes I up meant he, everything. He grabs his hands. Like, stop. They and, are like, but it, that's a scene, that shot, it almost feels like the one that was improvised that they kept in because like, Albert's playing that like he's confessing his love to Gene Hackman <laughs> in like that sh- one yeah. shot. And Hackman doesn't, you know, can't comprehend it. But th- in addition to that, he is so zeroed in on the fact that they're Jewish. <laughs> like he cannot <laughs> stop. He, he like, doesn't even <laughs> care that they're gay. He's focusing. He's like, he's names like, he's like Goldman. Goldman? <laughs> yeah. Which is, that's very funny. They're Jewish. Um, funny. And then. I mean the you know the two cappers on the movie both rule. Um, the, so yes, because the first one is their their exit from the facility, which is killer. Um, in a theater, you you know you can picture this being a stage play in a theater that would play so killer like right, through the crowd. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they would all come out and yeah, everyone would be like cheering and clapping like ha ha. You know, um, I love that. Yeah. I love it's so perfect because again, like the same thing with. Albert uh, going full drag for the dinner. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, re- well, it's it's to add even more irony to like all mm-hmm. of it. It's fully reversed. Yeah, Albert one is wearing later, the suit. One scene later, you like this conservative politician is uh, looking thick AF, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> looking breedable, looking looking zaddy. <laughs> I hate um, it. <laughs> Yo. It, the only thing though is that it ruins the opportunity for anyone to ever pull a birdcage again. Like it's just, they're just always going to be looking for it. Like anyone that is ever trying to escape a situation in this way, it's you can't redo it. May, maybe some people haven't seen this movie, and you can just walk right past them and drag. And this happens them. every day. Is it day. often that you need to escape? I, and, yes, and drag? I'm pretty sure that yes, yes, it is. The last Christine, party that you had, Ernie, I'm pretty sure I got out of here by doing that. Okay, and like nobody I was about to ask. Yeah, you were like, "Who's that sexy, <laughs> sexy lady walking out?" Of I'm here? upset. I, the next time there's people over, someone needs to leave and drag. <laughs> yes, it's got to be worth it for me to come out into the living room. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um. The last note that I had before we get into the categories, why don't they kiss? Do we get a single kiss? I didn't um, clock a single kiss. No, that I mean, that's we know why they don't kiss. Because, I know, but yeah, like because you couldn't back then. It sucks. I wish. I, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of a it's unfortunate. Yeah, but that of is, course. And it's not, yeah, because it's not as if like Nathan Lane and Rob Williams wouldn't do that. They would do that a million times. I'm sure yeah. there are takes of them kissing like just, improv- <laughs> you know, improvised. And I'm sh- that's a hundred percent a note that they were like, hey, uh, you can say fuck eight times. But if you want this movie to make one hundred and eighty five million dollars, you can't kiss. Yeah, that sucks. would just that sucks. would just Fucking be too sucks. much. Even though this but, is such a good like lived in couple, like you were saying, like there's so many tender, lovely moments that should be capped off with a nice kiss, and they're just not because it's just not allowed. This this movie would yeah, be so complete if if we just got one, yeah, just one, just one little peck, like mm-hmm. even at the wedding at the end. Which honestly, like now that I'm thinking about it, they. They don't even kiss. The bride and groom don't even kiss. No, they do. They deserve it. No, they get like (laughs) a like half kiss thing. But I think it's because those two actors just had such little chemistry with each other. Because who the fuck does have chemistry with Val? Really? Like that that might have chemistry with Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, That might be Mike Nichols being like, you know what? If you're not going to (laughs) let my dad's kiss, I'm not going to do a wedding kiss. Val, uh, low key, he's gay. (laughs) 
Oh my god, he's internalized homophobia. Yeah, he is yeah. covering Makes up sense. so hard. Why else would he be like this? Val definitely like packed up with those U-Haul guys at the Pride Parade <laughs> to like go bash some brains in. Yeah, was he with the what was it, the Brave Boys or yeah. whoever it was that just got arrested? Um, yeah, yeah. He definitely like sick. helped organize um, that. A, a couple other spare thoughts. The the little scene of them at the bus stop is some of the most tender writing of it's the movie so as well, good, where man. he's like, it's the uh, palimony agreement where he's like, yeah, no, just oh. take half of it. Like it's yours. Who cares? I don't care. Um, let's see. I, I have I I tried to write down like you said earlier, Hunter. I tried to write down uh, so many funny lines because there were so many. There's a lot. A couple other. Uh, I do going back a little bit earlier in the movie. Uh, the first time whenever we really well, I guess it's the second scene of the movie um, when Albert is rehearsing as like his fairy godmother bit with the guy who's chewing gum. It's just like dust, dust, um, gum helps me think <laughs> sounds like a waste of gum. And then he says, I don't get it. And Albert says, try more gum. <laughs> Great bit. Um, and then we talked about Robin Williams stage direction before. Also, shout out to a movie that's not afraid to let women be tall. Baranski is towering over Robin Williams. They do a in whole little movie. dance number. Yeah. yeah. And she is just like fully like has got four inches on Robin Williams. Well, it almost and they is don't like, they don't Tom Cruise it. They don't give him like that's, five inch flats. It's to, because it's like a it's a plus in terms of like visually interpreting the scene because they are they shouldn't make sense together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, and she is tall as hell. Yeah, Baranski's a tall, she's a tall um, woman. Uh, speaking of uh, one of the scenes uh, where Robin's talking to Baranski for the first time and she's like, you know, do you think he was missing a, a maternal presence from his life? And Robin's like, no, I'm plenty maternal presence. And Albert is practically <laughs> abreast. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Great line. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> there were so, so many jokes that made me laugh. Like I was I was watching this by myself. Oh. I mean, obviously, Moo was watching it, too. I don't think Did he Mu understand any of it. But Moo was, like, really sympathetic to the Hackman character. Right, right. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, what's Moo's uh, views on Val? Like, how did mm. Moo feel about him? He hated Val. He wanted Good. to chew his face. But I, uh, I was laughing out loud, like, so hard to so many scenes mm -hmm. in this movie, mm -hmm. which I never do no, when I'm watching it, a movie by myself. It's funny as hell. <laughs> yeah. Like I was screaming, dude. It was it was this was a great time. Like yeah. I like I said at the beginning, like I think this is just gonna be like one of my go to's. Mm -hmm. How many how many times have you seen this, Christine? This <laughs> is more than I need to like be able to count. Like Hell yeah. I've seen it too many. Yeah. Cause when I was little, I don't know where I first watched it, but I know it was on like I was on cable and it was edited because the scene where they're like lowering the, the dick statue into a box, like <laughs> the dick didn't exist. So I was like, I don't get it. It's just a butt. Like, I was like, I don't get why that matters. Like, leave it out. Um, I get it now, but still leave it out. But um, I don't know. It was just, I don't know what station it was on, but I would watch it all the time. And like, my mom would just let me. Like, I couldn't oh, watch. Yeah. Was this on TNT? I don't know, but I know I always saw the ad for it. And he would be doing the Madonna thing. Oh, and yeah. And I would just watch it like all the time. I was like, yeah, I love this movie. Because I like now. I vaguely have a memory of this being on cable, but I, I was trying to think like all day, like what channel was this on? I don't know if it was that like, I remember seeing promos for this. I don't I remember it was I don't know if it was TNT. I, part of me wants to say ABC Family because they like no way R-rated movie. They, 
Well, they edited it so heavily. Like there were things I didn't remember, and I was like, okay. ah, yeah. Heavily, and then I watched edited. it. Yeah, and I watched it like years later on HBO, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> I see. The full picture has come to light. <laughs> All right, shall we get to the yeah. categories? Let's let's get to the categories because there's a couple other things I want to shout out, but they'll tie into the categories themselves. Okay, best Robinism is the first category. So. This is the Robin Williams series. So obviously, what is the one moment in the movie that is the most Robin from Mr. Williams? The most Robin is him coaching up the, yeah. the guy yeah. to do yeah the show. That's, that's Just that one. one little thing. Yeah. Um, fussy, even fussy, even though that's not the most like this part. That's not like the best moment for him in this movie. That's the most Robin moment. I or, love the- or, or I would say kind of the running back and forth with Val during the dinner sequence, like chugging yeah. alcohol. And just his face every time he emerges back into a room. And he's like, oh, my God, Albert, what have you done now in like the 30 seconds I've been gone? Like his exasperation is something that he uh, portrays really, really well in this movie. I do love the whole Baranski scene. Dude, <laughs> That That's that entire great. scene, there's some great what? little Robinisms. There's there. not really any reason for why he should just be like really schmoozing it up while he's there. It's unclear. Is he in there for like ten minutes or for like an hour and right. a half? <laughs> half a day. I, <laughs> <laughs> like who knows how long he's do been you, in there. Do you have a favorite moment from Robin, Christina? Uh, besides the the whole like uh, you know Michael Kidd, all that scene. Um, I like in the beginning when Albert thinks he's cheating on him and he's like hitting him and he's on the floor and he's like, you want to hit me? And he's like, no. And he just like gently grabs his face. <laughs> I just he like I love that. The door. <laughs> so good. He rams the door. I, I'm glad you shot that scene out because I love the way that we're introduced because I again, this is my first time watching it. And so I didn't know like him and Albert's relationship or anything like that. So you just see that and it's it's so well done. Love all that. What is the best moment in the whole movie? So obviously it doesn't have to be a Robin moment. Can I include the entire dinner scene? I think that has to be it. Like again, that whole I love sequence is like as perfect of like a movie script moment, like execution as you could possibly have. Yeah. I again I do love the Baranski scene, but everything is building up to that scene. If I had to pick a specific moment, it would be like the singing bit where yeah, they're all like really mm-hmm. getting my along. favorite. Yeah, I was so incredibly happy when they all were singing the show tune together, even though, you know, it's all going to fall apart. Yeah. Like, it's like right now they're vibing. It doesn't really make sense. Like it or not like that. It doesn't make sense, but it's just kind of like right in the middle of the chaos, mm-hmm. right before everything breaks. You have but that moment. It that, makes like, sense because, you know, I could have danced all night just singing My Fair Lady. Yeah, they're this. all they're all drinking. Uh, Weist is sitting next to Robin at the piano, which makes sense um, that they would get along better. And then Hackman and uh, and Albert are just absolutely going at it. There's yeah. one moment like right towards the end of the scene where the, the camera like it, the they like cut like right as it happens but albert is like leaning going to like lean his head on gene hackman's chest like right as they're about to cut and you know that they had to cut at that moment because they had they all like started dying laughing as soon as albert just snuggled up with Hackman. so many moments in that whole sequence must have been improvised like just based on the, the stories from set and like 
you know, just knowing mm. Hackman and or not even Hackman, but Lane and, and Williams like God, it, what a ride it must have been. I will say um, just if we have to pick something a little bit more defined, the the bus stop scene that you shout out earlier, Drew, is just the most tender yeah. moment of the. Yeah, I don't even know if that is a bus stop. It's a bench by the street. It looked like a it bus, like a bus would stop. go there. Yeah, but I don't yeah, know. just the design <laughs> of it, the colors. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Shout out to Carnival Cruise Line, uh, sailing in the back background. Christine, what what do you think when you close your eyes and think about your memories with this movie? Like, what's the first moment that pops up? Oh my god, I don't know if I can pick one. Probably like the end scene when they're all dancing. But yeah, um, we are family. Yeah, family. I mean oh. that, and then the opening shot. It's just like I feel like it's iconic. Like it needs to be recognized more. Just that whole like going over the ocean into like just straight into the club. Like, Perfect. Mm. So all right, good. um, fellas, what would you do? What would you do? So, so who are we? Are we? So let's let's <laughs> let's explain this category a little bit. All right, Christine. So a lot of it's, leeway. It, in also, this category. it's not what would you do? It's what you doing? Yeah. Uh, basically, <laughs> if if you were a character in this movie, what would you do in this situation? And I think I think the most kind of audience audience surrogate character would be Val and Barbie, right? Yeah, they just Sorry, don't call her Barbie. So don't bad. call her Barbie. I she would kill says, Val. Don't call her Barbie. I'd kill myself. Yeah, I'd <laughs> kill myself if I was Val. I would no, kill well, him. So the thing is that you're right that Val is probably the closest thing, quote unquote, to an audience surrogate. But the thing is that if I'm Val... Um, I'm meeting Barb's parents and I don't care if she's a goddamn saint. I'm running as far away as possible. You're saying that your dad is like basically Jeb Bush. Fucking kill me. I refuse to yeah, be a I'm part of this I'm not getting family. with her. Another, another key issue is that her, him and Barb's plan, generally speaking, is horrendous. Like it is. There's no way <laughs> to long term keep the charade up if you're that high profile. You're like his team. The senator's team is going to look into these motherfuckers. Well, also, you're like, not going to get past it. You so, know what I mean, another question because where are they based out of? Like the senator, where they're, do they live? There's snow at their home. Yeah. Virginia, Ohioish, like Virginia, something like, something that, like yeah. that. So, is he running for president? Is that what his plan here is? Because he tells no, it's re-election for senate. Well, okay, but then he also like tells. uh Armand at one point just like I hope that this doesn't influence your vote like if he lives in Florida I don't think he's voting for the for the Virginia Senate that's why I was like wait I mean I don't know these presidents are like 80 years old he's got a lot of time left yeah also also at that point I think like he's so zonked out generally speaking like he's just reverting (laughs) back to like yeah he's he's (laughs) literally reverting back to like talking points that have been drilled into his head by like his assistants like he's not even saying real words anymore um because he's like they're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. Um, he's actually just like, no, I love the gays. I just hate the Jews. Yeah. Um. Oh. So I I can't I can't put myself <clears throat> in their shoes because I wouldn't even if I wanted to be with this girl so bad I wouldn't do this plan because it's impossible. All right, all right, all right. New new audience surrogate. Your son you comes are, to you. Kill the son. 
No, yeah. I'm, well, no, my son. Um, yeah, no. He's he's Murder. going to live with Bransky. You're Hank Sorry, is there. Um, Listen, if I had a child, aren't doing that one. Uh, you can do that one, Ernie. I'm gonna stay away you're from Hank that one. You're approached for a role in a movie. <laughs> but uh, you have to be. Racist. I. Uh, you're okay. asked to wear shoes that are four sizes too small. New, new audience surrogate. You are the lead reporter of the National Enquirer. Oh, and you okay. get this you story. Oh, I'm doing, doing exactly what they do. They do a great job. <laughs> honestly, honest. good job by them. Yeah. Fuck whatever technology that new studio has that they digitally they get like oh my god they get yes pixels. It's in like <laughs> 64 bit, and, and they're able to like audio. The audio is what, what. Yeah, because I I have to record a lot of video and audio to get that. Give it me that mic, no though. They're outside. They're like, <laughs> We're going to South Beach. <laughs> In, in, it's incredible. Um, so good on them. That guy. That guy just was just mic'd up. Like yeah. they just had a mic on. <laughs> Big winner. Turns out anyone can pay that dude. Uh, <laughs> guy, Gene Hackman, get better fucking security, my guy. Um, I have more thoughts on the uh, National Enquirer people, but they're coming up here in a second. A future well, category. Well, hold on, hold on, because I, I have more thoughts on this. What would you do? Because okay, so. Just trying to follow through the the Val situation here, okay? Slash Barb. I guess I guess if I'm Barb, and I find out, okay, if I'm Barb and my dad's a senator, I would probably like just take all his money and never tell him who I'm marrying, and like just don't include them in the situation until the last possible second, mm-hmm. right? Like no no preliminary meetings and dinners or anything like that. If I'm Val and I discover that my girlfriend is the daughter of a senator, I tell her the truth straight up, no lies. Well, she knows. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but no, don't try to cool coerce her in some type of plan. The I, thing is, is that like Val, like he like wants to be a Republican. <laughs> Like he's not doing this because yeah. he feels like he has to. He like he wants. Val to. has a future in politics. I will. Val is going to uh, be the next Pete Buttigieg. Right. Fucking kill me. Um. But 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 let's just pretend that like I don't want to be a Republican <laughs> and I'm just like dealing with my dads and I want to love my dads and then also like this girl that I love just so happens to be like the daughter of you know, um, I just can't, man. Like no dis- no I, disrespect to Barb. Like he's known this bitch for one year. No, so that's I I do want to say I think that it's like a thing of, and this is no way defending Val. You will never catch me dead defending Val. <laughs> um, but I do think it's like a thing of like our generation is like the first generation to be like I won't marry somebody who I disagree with politically. Like I'm just thinking of like my parents are just like. Like, just thinking about, like, my mom and my stepdad, they're like, yeah, you know, we just don't talk politics. And I'm like, wait, what? No, I know. It's just like, also, Barb. Fucking what? Barb, Barb <laughs> could be plenty woke. Right. I no, I, I, that's what, can yeah. Barb and Val have a switch? Can can Armand and Albert take in Barb and give Val away? Yes. Send him to fucking Nazi boot camp <laughs> with Gene well, then, Hackman. Hold on. We, hold on. We got to mention the moment at the end where... Val says these are my dads and I love them. I know. Like that's a moment where like, like 
<laughs> Bullshit. You know, and I'll blame the actor for that one. But like that movie... delivery that he has to he has to really sell that These line because that's his one and line to them. be a good person. You know, the movie like to me kind of gets a pass a little bit there because it's like I've spent the entire movie hating this guy. And in that scene, I got the slightest little bit of, oh, no, I know he finally because, you know, eventually he has to like, it's not going to be a movie about this kid, like killing his parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, he's going to have to turn and be OK eventually. Right. It just took too long to me. But then Barb is like, I would have really have loved to have been a part of your family. Poor Barb. I guess you can go fuck off. Barb. Yeah, Barb. <laughs> yeah. No, Barb just immediately <laughs> ditches them. Like Barb hates her, her family. Uh, Diane, Bar- no, but Barb also is just like, yeah, I'm just gonna ditch you I guess two I'll to go back to daddy. Again. Um, um, everyone sucks. Abused. I'm starting to think that, right. like, this, yeah, I'm starting to think that she's like 18. I can't blame her. Right. This is uh, it's this is a tough one to find out what you're doing. Okay, can like, I just be like a bystander, just living it up in 1996? <laughs> That's I just I want to be the guy in the neon orange banana hammock who goes skating by yeah. the the little town car that they are no, 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 driving no, into no, town. The guy, in. the guy in like in like the most 1996 like outfit with the shades leading the the crew out of the stage. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm I'm there a guy go. I'm a guy sitting at a cafe uh while Nathan Lane walks by screaming and I just kind of like <laughs> anyway, you know, I'm the extra um, last thought here. If I'm Robin Williams, I support my son, even though he's a fucking Republican, and his, I love him. But wow, I, look I, at you. You know what? Good guy. But give my my. I need a little support from my fucking son back. How about that? Right. Yeah. Like to eight to get rid of there. He's acting as though like Nathan Lane is not another one of his parents when he is. Right. Nathan Lane's been in his yeah. life just as long as Armand. Right. That's, uh, so that's another thing that if this movie is being made in the modern in 2022, it's making a bigger deal out of like, I think that Val and maybe part of it is the script. Part of it is maybe he didn't have the chops as an actor to deliver this kind of a moment, but like he's giving a monologue of like, you know what? You're right. Like I don't need a man and a woman to be my parents. I can have two dads and they can do just as good of a job. They can do better of a job. Like they, he give a whole fucking monologue about this whole thing. Ben say, he's just like, these are my dads and I love them. And then Gene Hackman's like, you're a Jew. (laughs) (laughs) Any, uh, any other thoughts in this category, Christine, before we move on about what would you do in this situation? I just hate Val, and I think they should have poisoned him with the Pyrrhon tablets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's that's a very specific plan. Yeah. Um, okay. Good Robin or bad Robin? This great is, Robin. This is really, great really Robin. great Robin. Yeah. He's perfectly tuned to this role. Like, perfectly. Yeah, I agree. Okay. How many Robins out of 10? So this is the first time that we're going to have a great Robin. I would give this, like, a two or three out of 10 the robin scale really because so okay so christine how many robins out of 10 is not like how great the performance is it is how (laughs) robin he is with uh genie and aladdin being a 10 that is him being zany balls really high uh i think that was an 8.5 nine ish yeah that's that's pretty high up there the the thing is is that we're entering uh an area of this guy's filmography in which this is really going to start to shift because with this movie, he already had his most Robin E 
roles. Like, there's not a lot the robin scale is that yeah what like where saying? does patch adams fall i have questions because mm. he's like mid-grade there he's not like cra- he's a little they'd probably be like little... a f- it's been a while since i've seen that movie, i think i'm gonna like give a... him a six for this because uh he is improvising he is going a little bit crazy he's being tense and stressed out and running around a lot um but he's obviously still not going full robin and also, uh, the look alone is pr- is so you know what I mean. Well, that's that's Iconic. that's my point. Yeah. That's my point is that now that that we're getting into like I would call this like maybe stage two of 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 his career. Mm-hmm. Like stage one was like the come up, probably stage. Yeah, I guess stage two. You're like right. the, yeah. the the come up to the peak, right? So so we got that 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 heater of like you know the the doubt fire the Aladdin doubtfire Jumanji sort of peak that he gets to. And post that, now we're getting into the second stage. We're getting where into quieter Robin. We're yeah, yeah, we're like we're we're introducing these different flavors that aren't this like high mania, this like high volume Robinness, but I think should still contribute to the robin meter in some way maybe you're right i think it's also because we are coming off of a cage series in which uh cage (laughs) doesn't have levels um right cage you can let you can actually measure cage like you are just like actually getting out a ruler and measuring something it's very quantifiable and also where like, over time is, it's not like it dec- it's like a scatter plot yeah <laughs> like, um yeah. where i think maybe you're right maybe i'm closer to like a five-ish after seeing I, I you might guys go, talking i might go this, six I, or, I might go six or seven because i think like there's gonna be there's still some moments where like like whenever we get into like a goodwill hunting, he has more manic moments in a movie like that than he does in something like this. This is more about the vibe of a Robin Williams than it is about like Robin Williams being his like most Robin Williams, right. if but that makes sense. My my point is that as we're building up to that, it's not just the mania anymore that defines this. Like he this is your point about it not being like a linear scale this is more of like a dish that we're preparing and we're adding different elements you know you need your protein you need your poverty stew right yeah you need you need different ingredients to throw in there and each one balances the other i have i have tragic news dan futterman wrote foxcatcher he yeah, that movie sucked. That movie is bad. <laughs> that movie is. Remember, it did. guys. Do you remember in 2014 when we tried to pretend like Foxcatcher was an important movie and an important step yeah, for because, Steve Carell's career? Because Steve Carell wore an even bigger nose than the one he already has, <laughs> and he was like, "Leave him alone." You have to be Steve a good wrestler. You have to. You have to wrestle. You have to wrestle. Well, I mean, it was based on a true story. I know. And then like, um, and then Channing Tatum did had even more of a dumb guy jaw than he always has, <laughs> and he. I love Ugh. Channing Tatum. I do love Channing Tatum. But anyway, he also wrote Capote. Um, oh, that's man. man he so, wrote, so he's a writer now? Those are the only two things that he has written. And they're both like he very acted high profile. something else. Yeah, he's, he's done once. other acting. He was in Fisher King, his evidently. Oh, oh wow. Oh, okay. Fisher King. Huh. Is I've he seen like his the face giant... things before, but I couldn't, I couldn't quite place it. Is he like the giant like ghost night that attacks robin williams in his sleep i, I hope bet so. you money that he's just some businessman that robin williams bothers <laughs> <laughs> um who's uh what's next on the cage course it's uh the um recaging couch 
Um, so I have the answer to this. Okay. Because well, first okay, of so all, this first is, of all, where do we put uh, Nicholas Cage? So no, that's what I'm saying. The okay. This is my Hank Azaria role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so where are you putting Nicholas Cage in this movie? Val, you got to make Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Val, <laughs> he's like dad. While he's like 45, <laughs> stop being such a homo. Dad. Um, <laughs> no. Nicholas Cage as the National Enquirer uh, media reporter chasing him down to South Beach, yeah. just doing his like zany things, just like he's going all over the place. He's like, we got to catch this guy. <laughs> we got to get him. He's got to come out eventually. He's going full Nick Cage mode, just hamming it up in like four scenes. And Mike Nichols is like, Nick, I need you to tone it down, buddy. Okay. You're not the star. You have eighth <laughs> billing on this thing. Okay. That's what I want Nicolas Cage to do in this movie. The, the problem with that is that this is 1996. We are in the middle he of the Cage is songs. winning. Well, the problem is that he wins an Academy Award this year. Right. He wins an Academy Award for leaving Las Vegas this year. Yeah. Like or maybe it's the year prior, but still. We're about to go into the 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 rock face-off. So let's Con go ahead and run. let's put Nicolas Cage in the Nathan Lane role then, is what you're saying. <laughs> I was going to say, make him Gene Hackman. Honestly, I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> I mean, he, he's closer to Gene Hackman's age as far as like looks than he is to Val's age. So He could, really? he could be put anywhere. Make him Barbie. <laughs> no, the, the perfect place for Nicolas Cage in this movie, because this movie, if you throw somebody like Nicolas Cage into a main role, completely throws off I'm the balance. He has to be Hank Azaria. No, that's too big of a role. You throw it's him in. Nicholas Cage <laughs> plays one of the Kennedys in the birdcage. Okay. That you see in the background, <clears throat> like smoking on a cigarette. Or maybe throw him on the skate on the stage with the drag queens. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I don't want to do that for uh, gender politics. Uh, but I, that's why I'm saying that you put him in the National Enquirer role. He has like three scenes where he gets to ham it up. And then that's it. He basically is like another Baranski. Where it's just like a couple scenes where he's just like, you're like, oh man, it's so good to see this guy just like having a blast in this movie. But he's never doing enough that makes you like, be like, man, I wish I had more of the National Enquirer. Just combine combine the two Enquirer guys into Nick Cage. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's and playing he's both characters at the same time. Yeah. And he's, he's basically Nightcrawler. He's Nightcrawler. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> he's just doing Nightcrawler. He's Jake Chillin He's he's you the whole time you're he's, like he's gonna kill him. Yeah, he's <laughs> framing a dead body. <laughs> yeah. Um so recasting is very interesting because obviously we're not casting another straight man. You can't recast Nathan Lane. Like absolutely oh, no, 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 no. Per I perfect casting. It's here. just mm -hmm. uh the pool of uh out gay men in Hollywood is still weirdly small, especially middle-aged uh ones. If if we did want to take Val into a more sympathetic route and like really try to make us care for that character more and not hate his guts, you'd throw Leo in there. This is right before Titanic. So mm -hmm. he's not massive. So that it a, a Leo uh DiCaprio type as Val would I think would be perfect to make us like really feel a little bit more tender. So if we're making this today, though, who are we putting in the Robin role? That's the main question here. So we're making to, it, it today. So yes. it has to be a modern actor. And it has not. To, and, it does, doing and it has to be a gay man just so we're on the right side of history here. Um, <laughs> tragically, it's definitely not going to be Jim Parsons. I'm so sorry, Sheldon. 
Oh, um, are we sure? It's not going to be oh. Matt Bomer, white collar. I'm sorry. You're you're just very pretty. You're not a good actor. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is too cold, I would say. I don't. I don't see him as the Armand character. I could see, yeah. I just that I don't buy that at all. Exactly. Um, it's but it's what I'm saying. Our pool is like really still so small. Dan leaving from um. I thought Schitt's I think Creek. he'd be a good Albert. Yeah. See, I could see him more as an Albert than I could as a. What about um? I mean, they almost wanted Nathan Lane to play Armand. At one point, I I mean I could see that. I mean Nathan Lane can do a lot. Like he could, you I know, think... he's, he's versatile. But uh, I, I'm glad we ended up on the side of this. Mm-hmm. I think he's too young now. But maybe in like ten years, you could get. I think the problem is he's too hot now. But like a Zachary <laughs> Quinto, in like ten years, oh. as Armand. Yeah, Armand doesn't have to he's be. He's not fucking too young. Ugly. No, I'm not saying that he's ugly. No, <laughs> Zachary Quinto is just hot. Like he's just. A, I know, but there's nothing. He's a hunky the appearance guy. of Armand doesn't matter. Okay, hold on a second. How old is Zachary Quinto? He he's is like forty. Oh my god, he's forty five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Jesus, Zachary Quinto is just a fucking Levy. snack and a half. Yeah. So so Robin Williams must have been around that age in '96. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's 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 go mustache mode. Zachary Quinto full chest hair out and then dan levy as uh yeah as albert and we're good to go i'm down for that i can yeah. i can do that uh, and then uh timothy chalamet as val i know yeah. we're because we're still are we still waiting for andrew garfield to come out um he could be bi. officially uh, no, i didn't I'm know that this was a thing in 10 years he would be a great are, is, is, are you I, saying that Andrew Garfield is in the closet right I'm, now I'm saying that gay Twitter thinks he is for sure interesting okay maybe um, he's just British Twitter, huh? I will say <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an influencer on gay Twitter don't this tell them is, that I'm straight this doesn't quite qualify because it's recasting of a character who is not gay but maybe uh, Val I think Ben Wishaw could play a good Val leave um, Timothy as Val because Timothy is terrible Terrible. Titty. Why do you hate? I didn't no idea that you had all this animosity for <laughs> a lot, of, lot of people hate. He's a terrible uh, person. Is it because of his bone structure? No, he's it's because STD. Yeah, he gave a bunch of girls chlamydia or whatever. Oh, oh, boo. Okay, then I guess don't go after my Tinder dates. It's not chlamydia. It's spice from Arrakis. Yeah. <laughs> also, on. the movie sucked. <laughs> Damn. I hated Doom. Did you watch it on your phone? No, I watched it in theaters. As it was intended. Oh, okay. Did you watch it on and your And all I heard was... <laughs> I was like, yeah, what's you... happening? You know, that's right. Um, and then the worm is a butthole. I've seen the original Dune, I know. Did you like Could, the uh... Lynch Dune more? <laughs> no, but it was more entertaining. Um. So... Rolling Stone has an article that says Andrew Garfield on sexuality. I have an openness to impulses. That man be fucking. Um, and can sucky. we can we make Ezra Miller the uh, senator no. who dies so that he can die? He would be a good Val because he's like a cold blooded sociopath. Right yeah, because you can't I, cast him if he's missing. He is also. We instead of Miami, we'd have to set it in Hawaii to make him <laughs> to get him to even be in it. Well, the problem is he would only do it if like he could have just like a 
just a plethora of women that he could choke on sight, like just oh if he God. needed to in between takes. Yeah, he needs free reign to assault yeah. anyone. Bird Birdcage needs to turn into like a full like homicidal thriller. Yeah, it, it needs to be directed by David Fincher. I want to Fincher. Yeah, let's do that. Um, in the Albert role, Titus Burgess. Okay. Yeah. What? If you're gonna what is recast, Titus Burgess doing? He's getting like Kimmy. He's getting TV roles. He mm -hmm. he's staying uh, busy in little TV bits here and there. God, Kimmy Schmidt was like he's the biggest so show in, in like Schmidt. 2015. It was at it came out at like a special time before Netflix. The like Netflix allure kind of wore off, and it was like, oh, you only make three shows a year that are important. And Kimmy Schmidt was just kind of one of those shows where it was so special for the first like season or two, and then it kept going, and people kind of forgot about it. God, Titus, Bur show. Titus Burgess show. was like he's phenomenal. Yeah, everyone so good. watching that show was like, this guy needs to be in. He everything. was the star. But how many roles are there for a middle-aged gay man? Still of yep. color, not many. Yeah, middle-aged gay man, and add the color element in there. Not a ton, but this this would be a perfect role. This is what I'm saying. He's the best choice for Albert. I really think so. Um. He's awesome. He basically is that in Kimmy Schmidt. I, I feel like I feel like the I could buy Zachary Quinto and uh and uh and Titus Burgess. Titus Burgess. That's that's a cute couple. I'd like I'd go to that nightclub. Um shipped. <laughs> I feel like the birdcage, um, not to like add fuel to the fire of like movies not being a thing anymore, but um this would make a this great is just a mini series. series. Yeah, no, it is. If we're making this in modern day, it's an eight episode mini series. I would. Watch You're gonna the really expand stuff out. You're probably gonna add in more things about some of the actual drag dancers there yes. and everything else uh, like but that. But then there's like the, there's like a Val episode. <laughs> there's the Val episode where he ta where it's just, it's a flashback to him getting bullied at school for having two dads. Well, they might swap it and have it be two moms. Hey, that's very, that's oh, they do, they do that could, a lot now. If we do two moms, what? Are, how are we doing this? Drag then? King? Are we throwing Jodie Foster in there? No. <laughs> She's too That's old. That's the thriller version. No. Jodie Foster. <laughs> Jodie Foster. You have Jodie Foster if you're making this a thriller. Please do yeah. not do um, Ellen DeGeneres. Like, uh, now that she's done with her show and she's going to try to pursue more acting careers. like I mean, are people going to let her act, though? Also, keep Sarah Paulson is, away. Is Ellen going to actually Whoa, be able to do shit? What's wrong with Sarah shit? Paulson? I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't want Sarah right. Paulson. And she's this. in enough. She's stuff. in enough fucking miniseries. Okay, like Sarah Paulson, yeah. stay away from television. Okay, Let her like have do another one. <laughs> she is kind of doing the most in TV. So much TV. What about uh, what about Tessa uh, Thompson? What about okay? Listen to this. So in an Armand type role because I think that she gives kind of a similar presence. What about like a Jane Lynch? Interesting. So. Did I can see Jane Lynch as like an Armand type. Did um, you see there was like the a question is who to get as the Albert. But did you see this Twitter thread that was going around of like somebody who compiled the most unhinged Glee clips? <laughs> you guys didn't see this. Glee was Glee was Glee's an insane. Somebody show. did like an like an Truly out of context insane. Twitter thread of like the most deranged uh, musical numbers. And I don't think I watched past like maybe season two of that show it gets, it gets crazier and crazier right though. it it's, gets off the rails terrible no it's idiotic yeah. it's a terrible yes show. Not, but, but not even that but i mean like how they like how they handled certain topics is yeah oh but that horrible. i mean that was from the very beginning that wasn't even later they they 
they the swear. very first episode is <laughs> the one, one of the the wife of um the lead uh like Matthew. the teacher just being like i'm going to hide and say that i'm pregnant and thinking that she would just get away with that for forever so like talk about a way to start your show off right well jane lynch like her character starts to become more and more into the whole glee club thing because at the beginning of the show she's not into like being performative or singing or dancing or anything like that that's her the whole character is that she's against it and then as the show goes on they let jane lynch be really great at fucking going for it mm-hmm. so i feel like if you tap into that side and also i don't know if you've seen her on mrs Maisel, ah, but ah, amazing right yeah, yeah. She, she she's phenomenal in that show isn't yeah. she yeah mm-hmm. she rules um, one other person for an Armand type, uh, Portia de Rosy. Also, just get her back in our lives. But then the, Ellen will her. be around. But then that's the problem is that <laughs> then you're having Ellen on set and the vibes are terrible. We also we can't gender swap this without changing like the characteristics of these characters, like what they're like. Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it becomes mm-hmm. a whole different thing. Yeah, um, it can't even be called the birdcage at that point. <laughs> it's like the the owl. <laughs> Please, howl. yeah, please. The owl howl. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, no rewrites. No, just green lighted as is. The they, owl we need box. the birdcage, but like about straight people. Yeah. <laughs> oh. God, I just really want that. Can we like set it? It'll be and starring like the Scoob club McNary. will be like Knight's Library. In oh. Orlando, no, it's not Florida. Scoot. Don't you drag Scoot into this, you <laughs> Fucking bitch! It's Chris Pratt, dude. Oh, he it's sucks Chris. Too. It's during Chris Pratt and Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah, and they're like they're like youth pastors, or not youth. They're just regular pastors, like evangelizing about like how oh, drag know. clubs are like bringing down the the American way. Yeah, and then it turns out that their son is marrying um like AOC's daughter, and they're like ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stinky. We have to act lib. Yeah. yeah, 2023 remake of the birdcage from the Gene Hackman character perspective. <laughs> yeah. From the sick twisted mind of oh. Sander Keeley. We have we have to end this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on this amazing movie, Christine? Anything Thou you haven't must said? Die. Mm-hmm. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, in terms of uh, like cho- like bringing movies to the pod, you're two for two on like absolute stone cold killers. Yes, hey. straight bangers. Yes, crazy good movie. Like I'm this old. Is a movie. I got a lot of knowledge. <laughs> we should say Christine is uh, 83. Yeah, yeah I am. I'll be 84 this year. Oh, I uh, I love this movie. Again, I'll say it. It's it's gonna be one of my favorites moving forward. Like. Yeah, I, I would just I would just throw this on any day. I am so, mm. so glad I finally got a chance to see it because I'd heard about it forever, you know, and I just never got a chance to watch it. So I'm glad we're doing this series because I just really, really needed to finally watch this. And it delivered 150 percent. I absolutely loved it. Nathan Lane is a king. He's perfect. Mm. Please, please put him, him in more stuff. Where he gets to shine the way he does in this movie. Does he act anymore? Has he been doing anything? I know he's I actually he's supposed to be in Disappointment Boulevard later really? this year. Yeah, I know. He's I don't in, know. Um, he's one of like eighteen people in that movie though, so I don't know. And that movie is three and a half hours long. Which, by wow. the way, Ari Aster, make it longer. 
No. I make it long. Make make it ten hours. Absolutely. Ari not. Aster, own no. my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's in um he's in Only Murders in the Building, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, yeah, well, okay. I mean that nice. that that show is like a a theater. You know, right. like if it's going to be shooting in New York, if it's Steve Martin and Martin Short starring right. in it, um. He's still anytime Angels in America is on Broadway, there's a good chance that he's going to be in it. Um, Was he an, an Oh Hello guest? I betcha. Yeah, I feel like they could, sure. at the very least they reached out. Yeah, I feel like they could have him pop on. Um, all right. Well, I think we can wrap it up there. Thank you so much, Christine, for coming on. Uh, we are so delighted to have you. Please plug whatever you have going on. Let the people know where they can find you and yell at you. Um, I know that they can vote for We Bought a Mic on the Best of Orlando Awards. Hell yeah. Woo! Yeah. Boom. That's a, If you want to get generous, you can vote for... Oh, my God. I can't even... I'm done. I'm too old for this. It's past my bedtime. You can vote for Vault 5421 in bar categories if you... 5421. Yeah. If you want to help an old lady out. Nice. And we can do it. that. If any uh yeah. if any listeners don't know, Orlando Weekly is a is a very kind of uh treasured local publication in Orlando that does the best of Orlando awards. Yeah. And we got nominated this year. Right. So now uh vote for us. I don't when does the polling go until July? I think it's for something. the end of July. Yeah, that's so by the time right. this episode comes out, people will <laughs> the polls will still be open. Perfect. Right. We're Stay in line. It's like yeah. the end of July, I think beginning, like first week of August, something like that. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh for plugging us and uh we hope to have you on again soon, uh wherever that may be. Uh just you know, let us know. I know you're a big horror head. So I know. listen, I got things in my movies, back pocket. I got I got stuff ready. I got yeah. random movies to throw at you. You just let me know. Let's make it happen. All right. Uh boys, I'm glad we're back to Robin mode. Mm. Um, I'm glad we're we're diving into this again because it's been a crazy summer. And we had to we had to hit pause on on Robin, but uh, we next got a week lot more. we have a big one though. Next week we have possibly like the greatest film by like one of our great filmmakers ever made. What are it? Jack. It's Jack. Yeah, Francis oh. Ford Coppola's. Jack. I don't like that movie. Oh, most people don't. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna. It's I erase very... it from my memory. <laughs> I'm ready to defend Jack as a movie that I loved when I was ten. It's a you very Patch Adams at all coming up. Patch Adams is on the docket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is okay, we're we're heading into like the like I said like stage two. Like this is this is where things start to really change up for for good old Robin. So. There's going to be a lot of interesting stuff coming up, so stay tuned. Uh, thank you all for listening, for tuning in. Please rate, review, subscribe, like, and comment, and let us know what you thought of The Birdcage, which is available to stream on HBO Max. Um, so you can check it out there as of this recording. Um, please donate. Anchor.fm slash We Bought a Mic. Thank you, beautiful donors, for donating. And visit WeBoughtAMic.net for the full archive of episodes. Um, yeah, like we said, Jack next week. Also, uh, Nope is around the corner too. Oh yeah. So we'll definitely talk about that. Oh yes, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Jordan Peele back. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bye bye. Bye.